Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. Bill Mead had stopped by Aunt Mary's this afternoon after leaving to Descari's. As Aunt Mary and her son Randy had agreed, there was hope that if Bill and Mario got together to talk sensibly, they might clear up the tension which existed between them. A tension that was all on Mario's side for believing the stories connecting his wife's name with Bill. The fact that Mario could put any trust in such gossip hurt and angered Bill. And so although he dreaded the interview, Bill had gone there, hoping he could convince the young Italian of the truth. But Mario was in town when he arrived at the farm, and after talking for a while with Carla, Bill decided to postpone seeing her husband until the following day. He felt rather let down, though, just the same. And so he stopped by Aunt Mary's, hoping to see his fiancée, Peggy Douglas. Now, Bill and Aunt Mary are sitting in the living room of the Lane Farm. Aunt Mary has her mending basket in her lap, and she is darning one of Randy's socks while they talk. Uh, I guess this just isn't my day. First I miss Mario, now Peggy. I did want to see her somehow. Everyone has a day every so often when nothing goes as planned. Besides, you didn't have all bad luck today, whether you know it or not. What do you mean, Aunt Mary? Well, Bill, there's one person you missed today you might not have been especially happy to see. Well, who could that be? Ben Calvert. You don't mean to say he's been out here. Oh, no. It was just after you left the bank today. He came in looking for you. I meant to tell you sooner, but it slipped my mind. Looking for me? I'll be darned. Haven't you some idea what he wanted? No, not the faintest. He hasn't made an effort to see me for a long time. But I did run into him one day recently on Main Street. I told him about Kit's being back. He didn't know. Apparently not. He seemed to be quite surprised. Is that all he had to say? Yeah. Well, Ben had plenty of ideas on the subject today. You must have had quite a talk with him. I'm afraid I wouldn't have had much opportunity if there'd been anything I wanted to say. He did most of the talking. Mm, as usual. Tell you the truth, Bill. Ben lit right into David and me. His favorite occupation. What was his excuse this time? He implied that we were a couple of old busybodies who ought to stay at home and tend to our own knitting. What a man. Well, he's unique. Thank heaven. So he decided to take you and Mr. Bowman apart, huh? Why? Because of what David did for Kit. Oh, Calvert saw it because Mr. Bowman helped his daughter. That's rich. <laughs> that man can get me angry just thinking about him. I don't see how you can stay so calm. Well... I find it hard to be angry with a person when you understand him, Bill. Well, and I'm sorry to say I don't understand Ben Calvert. I doubt if I ever will. Really not difficult. You see, one of Ben's chief needs in life is to bolster up his own self-esteem. Well, now, I shouldn't have said that he was lacking in that commodity. But that's where you're wrong, Bill. In some ways, Ben's like the little pig whose house was built of straw. One puff, and there he is, without anything to shelter him. Maybe I'm kind of dense, Aunt Mary. I've always considered Mr. Calvert very sure of himself. Well, that's because you were taken in by all the puffing and blowing Ben does. In reality, I think he's often very unsure. For instance, look at the way he's behaved about Kit. Well, he was definite enough when he refused to help her out. He told Cromwell and Mr. Bowman that he refused to have anything to do with the case. I know, Bill. But afterward, when he had time to think it over... Well, I believe Ben began to regret having taken that stand. That's why he talked the way he did today when he came into the bank. I don't get you. What Ben meant to suggest today was that it was David who'd done the wrong thing in bringing Kit back to the States. 
Well, dear God, she couldn't be left there in that hotel without anybody to look after her. No, of course she couldn't. I believe that's why Ben felt so guilty when he stopped to think it over. But when he learned they were planning to press the perjury charge, it gave him a wonderful opportunity to justify himself. Oh. You mean he wants it to look as if Mr. Bowman's got her in trouble by bringing her back, huh? Exactly. Hmm. In other words, according to Ben, David's responsible for the whole thing. His idea was that if David had listened to him, he wouldn't have brought Kit back here. He'd be safe down there in Miami. Proving that he was right all along when he refused to take any action. Hmm. <laughs> That's what he'd like to convince himself, at least. Poor Ben. He has to deceive himself, make these pretenses, or he couldn't go on. That's why I mean he's to be pitied, Bill. Anyone is who must be dishonest with himself. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right, Aunt Mary. But I can't dig up much pity for Mr. Calvert. It's somewhat the same thing with Mario Descari, too. Mario? Oh, I know. They're very different people, Bill. But in both cases, they refuse to look at the facts logically. They just see what they want to see. And then they go to great trouble proving they're right and everyone else is wrong. That's true, Aunt Mary. And you know, it seems to me that people like that are dangerous to everyone else. They are. That's why it's so important to try and help them. If they can once admit they're at fault, try to accept it and go on from there. Yeah, but it's kind of a tough job getting them to. That's the trouble. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm sorry I didn't have a chance to talk to Mario today. I'm just talking like this. Well, you've made me realize all the more how necessary it is. Bill, uh, if you have time, why don't you go back there now? Surely Mario must be home by this time. Oh, I know he is. But I told you, he was burning up the road towards home when I came over here. I honked, but he wouldn't stop. Well, I suppose I should go, but I just don't feel much like it now. Then it might be a particularly good idea to go straight over and have it out with him. You know how these things are, Bill. The longer you delay, the harder it may seem. And besides, there's Carla. Yeah, that's right. She has to live with the guy. And when I saw her today, she looked as if she couldn't take much more of this. I don't think, though, that she expects much good to come of my talking with him. And maybe she's right. Bill, uh, why don't you go now? Okay, Aunt Mary, I'll do it. I'll go over there right now. I'll see you later. Yes, Bill. Goodbye. And take care. Usually, Aunt Mary's affectionate little admonition, take care, had no literal meaning. But today, if Mary Lane had known what was taking place at the Discary farmhouse, she might indeed have told Bill Mead to be careful. For Mary had returned from Wakefield, convinced that he had the final proof of his wife's disloyalty. Carla and Mario stood facing each other in the kitchen. He held his wife by the shoulders, shook her blindly, furiously. <coughs> That's just the oh. beginning. You're going to talk all right. Oh. Just tell him, tell me the truth, all of it. Well... <coughs> Now, go ahead, talk. Tell me the truth. I have, Mario. There's nothing more to tell. Go ahead, hit me. It won't do any good. We'll see how much good it'll do. Strange woman, someone I don't even know, telling me my wife's been visiting another man. Think, Mario. If I did want to do something like that, would I go there openly in the daytime? Would I stop and talk with the manager if I wanted to do something wrong? You would if you had no sense of shame. And that's it, you haven't. You couldn't have and do these things. People are in love, they don't care what they do. Yes, Mario. I have been in love, but not with Bill Mead. So you weren't in love, but you went out and sat in his car with him at the dance. You left your scarf, 
Scarf I gave you. That's not true. Then what was your scarf doing there? Answer that. I can't, Mario. I don't know. I only know I wasn't there. You expect me to believe that? When everywhere I go, everyone I talk to, everything that happens means one thing. That you're lying. No, Mario, I'm not. You keep saying that so calm. Well, I'll shake the calm out of you. I'll shake the truth out of you. You're going to tell me the truth, Carla. Once it for all. It won't do any good, Mario. There's nothing more I can say. Go ahead, I can't stop you. There's nothing for me to say. You're afraid, that's why. You're afraid of what I'll do to your beloved Bill. The fine friend of mine. Never mind. That'll come, too. But now you're going to be honest for once in your life. Mario, please. Now you're going to talk. Tell me the truth. Stop it, Mario. Please let me go. I'll go away. I'll... You stay right here and answer me. Admit what you've done. All right. Believe it if you want to. Think whatever you want to. It's true. It's true. You admit it finally. Will you? Carla. But Carla Descari didn't answer. She lay crumpled on the floor, her face paper white. As Mario, in his violent rage, had thrown her from him, she'd fallen, her head striking heavily against the table. Carla Descari did not hear Mario's frightened voice pleading with her to open her eyes, to come back. No sound could reach her. <laughs> 